In a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost, and we'd like to welcome you into another beautiful week of the Top 10 here on the interwebs. Hope everybody out there is doing well, uh, staying safe, eating healthy, taking your vitamins, doing all the stuff you should be doing. How are you, sir? Uh, good, good, good. I'm excited to get into things today. This is a fun uh, thing that we have to do now is find, you know, because films aren't coming out when they're supposed to be, when they were originally scheduled, Matt and I aren't necessarily taking uh, our cues off of new releases or any movies that are being released because there are none being released, you know, other than those occasional ones that are dropping on streaming or VOD, but nothing too big just yet. So we're kind of having to come up with topics every week uh, because those of you who've been fans of the show for so many years know we have based our uh, decisions on topics about uh, on what's coming out that week. So we kind of had to improvise, uh, you know, lean on our boss, our patrons a little bit. And this week we just kind of thought about doing uh, picking a random year and doing the top ten films from that year. Uh, Matt got on a randomizer, and 1997 came up. Uh, and I'll tell you this, Matt, this was actually surprisingly a very tough top 10 list to put together. There were at least 25 to 30, 35 movies that are in contention for me. How Sincerely. About you? Yeah. Sincerely. I wrote down and I was like, you know, because of that, you know what I did? I said, F it. Because there's so many, yeah. all of these exist in the same strata of like, that's a really good this one. And that's a really good this one. So they're all good equally. So I yeah. went with a bunch of movies we've never talked about just because they don't come up. Which is like, dude, that's as good as this in this year type okay. of thing because right. there's so many. So I wanted to spread the love around. So between us, we'll have a more accurate representation. I think uh, probably potentially more on yours is the more esteemed movies of that year. <laughs> well, it's not that. It's not that. It's just like maybe. Who's one? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, there's there's numerous. Where it's like that was a really cool. It's a small movie, yeah. but we all saw it. Uh, yep, it didn't do well yep. at the box office, but later on, we all saw it. It's a good movie. Uh, anyway, that's, that's how I came up with it. Yeah, that's, and I appreciate that. Absolutely. It's a smart move. Uh, totally. You know, I get caught up in like, okay, this is the top 10 movies of 1997, but I appreciate your point of view about wanting to kind of spread the wealth a little bit, have a little fun talking about movies we haven't talked about that much on the show. So now I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Hmm? Yeah. Look, yeah. look, we've been making sausage for a long time. And we have been. The fat to meat ratio is perfect on it. And other times it's like, you know what? I'm going to add a little bit more fat to this one. Make it taste a little juicier, but it's yeah. not it's not as good for you type you of hope, thing, cinematically. You hope, the, you hope the casing can still keep it all together. Oh, and it does. Oh, it's going to be okay. so good. The marbling through this is so perfect that it's the meat just gets suspended in the fat as opposed to it rippling out of the casing. And it's just, it's like a, a Kobe steak type of marbling. <laughs> Okay. For sausage, we do it right uh, on this show. God damn it! That's true. Yeah, uh, make, make the meat. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And other times it's a Johnsonville a bratwurst. Still good. <laughs> still good. Still you still good. enjoy it. Still fills uh, you up. You still excited? You had some. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I've had you know the varying degrees. Probably every version on some level of every. Oh, let's try this one this time. Right. Uh, right. 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 But 
Anyway, sausage <laughs> is delicious, and that's what we give you. Right, it is. I'm fully intended. It's it's funny you bring this up because over the weekend, uh, last weekend when we went out of town, my uh, my sis, my girlfriend's sister's boyfriend um, is a bit of a sausage aficionado, and so I didn't know that there are these stores, uh, and there are oh, kind yeah. of mini chain stores that like sell sausages of different types of meat or different types of combos, uh, and so we had uh, he brought up a bunch of them to cook for July 4th. And then we tasted, sampled them, you know, rattlesnake. I had no idea rattlesnake could be a sausage. It's good. It was, I've never had rattlesnake sausage, but I've had rattlesnake. Right. Uh, there was pork, uh, not pork. I'm sorry. What, what duck? There was duck. Um, duck. and then there were a couple of other ones that he made. Uh, that was a, there was a chicken one that had a little bit more of a spice in it. I can't remember what the spice was. And then there was another one that he made, um, that I can't remember if it was pheasant or what it was, but it had some pork interlined through it, uh, that you could taste. So all of that uh, was an incredible discovery. And now I'm like, where I asked him, like, where are these stores? I need to go find these stores because I would like to take a chance and cook some of these myself and see if I would enjoy the different versions of sausage. Go down. I don't know if it's still open. Yeah. Uh, but off uh, downtown area, you know where the, the arts district is that's been oh, sure. gentrified? Of course. Yeah. Down somewhere roughly in that area is a sausage restaurant. And you oh. go and it's all – I mean, it's not right now, at least in on the inside, because it's all uh, uh, picnic benches. Right. Big, long ones. And everybody just sits next to each other and you have sausages. But you can try all kinds of different stuff down there if you really want to. I, I've had the alligator there. Wow. Uh, yeah, they have – exotic and then they've got like a traditional this and they they take that shit seriously Damn. i've had quite a few different ones not from okay. there and in other places i'll, I'll try anything once by yeah sure sure um i, I, I never, never say no you never know what's going to be good it's true i i, I tell you I, I thought for sure the duck was going to be my favorite then i tasted the rattlesnake the rattlesnake was excellent man really per- perfect combo of salt and meat and flavoring to the meat that I thought was absolutely excellent. I couldn't get enough. I felt guilty because I was like, are you guys okay? Can I have, you know, like another half? And everyone was fine with it because I just was digging into the sausage. Uh, look, it blew my stomach open, wide open you know, the rest of the night and the next day, but it was worth it. It was goddamn if, worth it. If anybody questions basically whether or not you live the outlaw life, I think I just <laughs> answered it. I prefer rattlesnake sausages to all other sausages all others are inferior bow before your fucking sausage master <laughs> and i eat him i dominate him good for you uh, I, i've had rattlesnake where it was fried like they flayed it open they took out the innards and it was still i had it in arizona uh yeah. it, it was good it was good yeah. but i mean it's tough to have something that sucks fried Oh yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There are some that like, I don't like a fried pickle. I don't, it's gross. Right. And I right. love pickles and I just yeah. don't get this at all. Uh, fried Twinkies is good. That's for sure. Uh, I haven't had it. It's really, okay. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> I mean, how could, how could it not be? It's already kind of designed to be lightly fried in its current uh, state and they batter it up on top of that and then fry it and you get the double layer of all the oil and fat. I'm sure it's delicious. The fried butter, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't understand. I don't even understand that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. There's a number of these kitchen. There's a number of these uh, sausage places, man. It's pretty insane. And there are meat shops that uh, you know, kind of um, uh, 
specialized in these type of things. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to kind of explore a whole new food in this way now and kind of seeing where these where these stores are. I'm not going to go crazy, but I'll I would love to stop in like once or twice a week, once a week rather, and try like two or three different uh, types of sausages and, and and cook them up here on the in the house. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Find yourself a good butcher. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Hello. Uh, how was I your life? I had one by my old house, but uh, I haven't really tried any out here yet. Okay. Um, uh, what were you asking? Yeah, how was your July Fourth, man? What did you guys end up doing? Anything you want to talk about, or did you guys just? I mean, we out? we hung out at home. I mean, okay. it was a fireworks bonanza that night here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so there, I mean, you could see fireworks everywhere. So, uh, I mean, it was it was cool. Sit out on the front deck. We got a you know nice view of all of them shooting up and whatnot, and you get to yeah. see quite a bit. So it was that, but I mean, it was a t- tame night. So we were Fourth of July. Yeah, what? It was. Uh, I retweeted the picture. It looks like the opening of Blade Runner, or the video rather. It looked like the opening of Blade Runner, going uh, that helicopter shot across the entire landscape of LA, and you see all those fireworks exploding everywhere. It kind of looked like the furnace shots there in uh, in uh, in Blade Runner. But yeah, it was intense. People were complaining all over my social media feed on Twitter about the uh, amount of fireworks that were going off and the scared uh, pets and all of that. So uh, apparently, it was pretty intense down here in LA for July Fourth. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It it sucks for your pet, but it is the Fourth of July. Yeah, kind of. It's part of the game. I know it is. It's part of it. And this year, how could you be mad? Because we're all living in a glitch in the Matrix right now. <laughs> so just if that's your worst day of 2020, you've had the best year that I, anybody I know. That's, <laughs> that's for damn sure. That's absolutely fair, dude. That's absolutely fair. Now I can understand if just like uh, Jesus, and now I got to deal with this. But you knew it was coming. It's right. the Fourth of July, right? And right. we had problems leading up to it where everybody was complaining about their neighbors firing off fireworks long yep. before. Yeah. Although my old neighborhood, that it, after like Cinco de Mayo, you'd hear it numerous nights a week where you'd hear some fireworks. Yeah. From there oh, through oh. July. Right. Yeah. You were saying, uh, you've said that before on the show. Yeah. It's, Tons of. It hangs out for a while. Oh, uh, dude, my street, we left and moved our cars because the first year we lived there, they, yeah. you know, they did it up so large. We were gone. We came home and I had on my car sitting on the street, a layer of ash from all the exploded fireworks because numerous wow. neighbors were just firing in the street. And I was like, all right, well, next year we're moving the cars. But <laughs> I love it. My neighbor, my old neighbor, loved to fireworks. I was used to it. I was like, yeah. oh, I just assumed that what kind of happened by and large now. It's just a trend in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just sat around, chilled at home. Cool. I'm gonna tell you a crazy story that happened. I will see what your thoughts on this are. Did you kill the rattlesnake with <laughs> your hands? Kill, no, I did not kill and then he turned it into sausage. How crazy is this gonna get? Come here, rattlesnake. Did you odd job him, and you <laughs> took your cowboy hat off and you threw it at him and just knocked no. his head off or something. I, I did the Van Dam thing. I caught him, and then I punched this rattlesnake just like I do in that. Uh... Ah, dude, that's where you made a mistake. <laughs> I always do the split kick. When I fucking take out a rattlesnake, you know, get that full flay. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, Thursday to Friday or what is no, no, I'm sorry. The, the fourth was Saturday. So Saturday to Sunday. Um, we, we got a nice B and B up there. Uh, and it was cool. Like we rented out a cabin for a few days and it was nice. Uh, it was very modern. And there were two separate rooms, two separate beds, whatever. Well, um, I had a tough time sleeping in the uh, in the more master bedroom because, like, it just it's just something about the bed I wasn't comfortable with. So I was getting up around four in the morning and going into the other bedroom 
to sleep the last three or four hours and of course coming back in and you know hanging out with my girlfriend but like um uh, this uh, this particular night i got up around 3 30 four in the morning um i took a piss and then go, went on over to the other bedroom and as i was like listening to a little bit of music and had my headphones on to kind of help me pass out all of a sudden i heard this fucking noise through the through the window oh through the window like mm-hmm. i hear this hello hello and i'm thinking what the fuck is this like immediately in my mind because i'm i'm tired and it's four in the morning and i'm yeah. latino i think it's a ghost and i think it's a ghost and I'm scared of my fucking mind because I'm in a place I've never been before. Mm-hmm. I'm in a house I've only been for two days. I just was freaking out about what was happening. And it kept I kept hearing it wandering around in different places. And then it would go silent. And then I, you hear, okay. hello? And I'm thinking it's a kid. I'm thinking it's a child that's been lost because of all the July 4th, the fireworks you or whatever's been you happening. Didn't, you didn't jump to cat? Owl. No, none of that occurred to me. No, no, no. It sounded kind of human. Squirrel, uh, fucking raccoon, anything. A squirrel? Anything. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded human. I love that human. you jumped to apparition was yeah. your just default setting. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't come up with just something that you could see. I'm not even saying logical. Something right. you could see with your eyes and visualize <laughs> as opposed to a, a metaphysical apparitional form is somehow haunting <laughs> you in Big Bear. Is this a pioneer child that got lost coming <laughs> over the mountains? That's what I <laughs> but I'm like, I'm you know, I'm I'm tired and it's four in the morning and I'm just like, what is this? And I keep hearing it. It was scaring the shit out of me, man. And so eventually, I just go. I'm not looking out the window because I don't want to see a ghost, and I don't. And maybe there's some weird ass creature that I don't want to see. So I go into the other bedroom. Chupacabra? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> just reinforcing the, you know, mythical belief in the chupacabra? All right. Go right ahead. It was certainly in the mind. So I go into the other bed with my girl, who, comes, of course, is sleeping peace. Like, she slept in that bed better than she sleeps in our bed. And, it's, and our bed's bigger. It was insane how well she slept the whole weekend. But I yeah. go into that bed. And I'm like, okay, if I, you know, I'm not going to hear it here because I haven't heard it once while I've been sleeping in the, in the, in the room, and I, all these last few nights. And I'm just lying there, and all of a sudden, fuck me! All of a sudden, like 15 minutes later, right to the side of here, hello, hello, and I okay. uh, fucking lost it. At that point, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I woke her up, and I said, babe, do you hear this? Do you hear this? And she's just like. And then rolls back over and goes to sleep. She doesn't say a word. She just rolls back over and goes to sleep. And doesn't think twice. By the way, I asked her about this. She didn't remember me waking her up at all. Not a, not a damn thing. And then I go and I go, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to go back to the other bed. Because if it's going to happen, I, I don't want it to happen to her. And I'll just take whatever this nice apparition spin. is. Yeah. Nice spin. Good for you. As opposed to the human uh, nature of safety in numbers, herd mentality. It's better if we're together because they'll at least be maybe intimidated by numbers. It's fine though, it, it, chivalrous, very chivalrous. So, what the fuck was it? I have no idea. I have no idea because yeah. I ended up passing. Eventually, I ended up passing out. Uh, uh, from, but I kept hearing it until I passed out, and I'm like, "Well, if I die while I'm asleep, that's better. I won't see it coming." Blah blah blah. Um, I tell my girlfriend about it the next morning, and she's like, "It was probably a cat or yeah. some kind of." And then we look up, uh, uh, look up on YouTube. What animals have can say hello or whatever, and that kind of, and you see a bunch of cats that can do it. And apparently, <laughs> there's a bobcat or a lynx 
that can make uh-huh. that sound as well. So I, right. just, I was just kind of mind blown. I'm not, I, look, I'm not a nature guy, Matt. I'm not in, I don't hang out in nature. I don't camp. I don't believe in it. It's too scary, too dangerous, too uncontrollable. Hey, you it's don't believe in camping, but you believe in ghosts. I think that sums up <laughs> a very specific. What, <laughs> what in the Sandinista culture did you did your parents bring with them when <laughs> they immigrated here? Still, that's Central America. Chupacabra. There's ghosts. It's deep within the Latin culture, that idea, man. I'm telling you, it's deep within the Latin I culture. Don't I don't know. Apparitions and weird animals. Somebody, weird somebody do the, creatures. Exactly. <laughs> Myths and legends of the Sandinista uh, no, political I, culture. I'm not Central American. Um, either way, uh, you know, my. so we looked it up and we just watched it. But, uh, dude, I was scared out of my mind for an hour, at least an hour, uh, switching bed to bed, just room to room, just hearing that thing. Because it was yeah. so fucking freaky it was so sounded so much like an eight-year-old child just wandering around or six-year-old child wandering around going hello hello and i'm like what why is it making this noise why is it making this noise so either way scared the shit out of me and this it reinforced why i don't go into nature why i don't camp why i don't go out in the fucking woods i like the city i can understand the city i cannot understand nature no thanks no thanks nature's nature's really easy in that, in, in that everything that can is trying to kill you. And you just have to remember <laughs> that at all times. That's, that's the natural law, you know, natural order. Uh, so. Uh, there you go. Uh, well, the place is called, uh, my girlfriend texted me because she's listening outside the door watching her shows. Worst Kush, Worst Kush is the name of the restaurant that does the sausages here in, in Los Angeles. So okay, the um, one down in the arts. Yeah, I think district? so. I think so. Yeah, so okay. uh, so there's apparently two They're or three legit. of them around. So yeah, you might be able to get takeout from them. But they oh. have. I want to say the last time I was there, they had one of those front, uh, like at a uh, cold uh, serving area, like you oh, see at a donut yeah. shop or Starbucks, but it's not open on the front, right, and right. you can see what's behind the glass. And choose sausages to go. So I don't know if they're still maintaining that business or maybe oh. they're shut down for right now. But well, he brought them wrapped up. So maybe they are. Yeah. Well, and if there's one of those, then I'm sure you've got one out on the west side more than likely somewhere. Yeah. Well, well fair point. Yeah. So maybe I can find it. Yeah. It's uh, Los Angeles. So- there's more than one of those. <laughs> exactly. Maybe I can find that cat. You know, yeah. Cut that cat up and make sausage out of that cat. Uh, all right. Anyway. <laughs> so this this. You're really undermining the he could kill a rattlesnake with his bare hands if a cat got you to leave the quote-unquote wild, which you weren't even really truly in because you were staying in a house. (laughs) But anyway, now if it was a bobcat or something, 100%, I will give you that every time. It could have been a bobcat. I don't know. It could have been. It could have been. Or a mountain lion, perhaps, but I would imagine (gasps) the timber of their voice would be too big for that kind of Mika call, whereas a lynx or a bobcat, I could, I could buy that. Nothing scares me more than a fucking uh, mountain lion. I have a, this is why I only hike in certain places because nothing, I hear too many, I read too many stories about mountain lions attacking people, riding their bikes, walking, hiking paths, uh, even on their motorcycles. So I don't go hike any trail that I haven't hiked before or don't know already that isn't very populous. Because of that reason, I do not want to be killed by a mountain lion, dude. Stranger danger, man. Stranger <laughs> danger. <laughs> Don't take that candy. Do 
Dude, the craziest thing. So <laughs> my my grandpa, um, way, way back when on my dad's side, yeah. used to run cattle. Oh shit. Oh, cool. Okay. One of the many things he's done. It's a really <laughs> interesting life. And his partner in that ended up like taking he got out of it, but as he was doing this, he was buying up property in Wyoming area for yeah. cheap. And this is 40s, 50s, 60s, like throughout, and just kept buying more and more and then retired to it, right? So they have all these tiny little houses out on, you know, at this this property, all like one floor ranch style, small, like two, three bedroom max house. Right. But it's huge. They have so much acreage. It's ridiculous because they bought it up pennies on the dollar, you know, in Wyoming. What was, where was the demand? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we walked into to one of them where they lived that just the wife is alive at this point. Her name is Miss Purdy. And we go into this back area and you turn around and there's a mountain lion that's mounted, full body pose. Oh, oh, and, mounted. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Mountain lion. And they had kind of slightly reconstructed the wall because the, the story goes that Mr. Purdy was walking and turned his back and a mountain lion was roughly the distance from the top of a door down. Oh, shit. And he managed to kill it, like caught it. It was unawares, like he was walking through and they both were shocked as the story goes and killed it. And I turned around and saw that. I was like, what is this? And they told the story and like, oh my God. Oh my God. You see it's that close, like three, four away, just the way he was walking around this bluff. And there was a little rock outcropping and it was roughly seven feet up, just perched right there because that's the way he was rounding this corner or something. It was like, oh my God. I, unfortunately, I don't know. I, I think there's a good chance that I might have been pooped that day. <laughs> I, I'd have just fallen down dead. I'd have had a heart attack right on the spot. Uh, I don't know why, like, run, <laughs> but then it's just going to chase you no, down. Like, you can't run away from a mountain. Well, no. yeah, but it's fight or flight, like your That's natural true. response. It's true. It's true. I don't even know. But I guess if you've lived that life and you knew it, because he had a gun on him, so he yeah. was expecting potentially some sort of hazard. Some people have that thing in them, but they like to be around that shit, like to be around the animals, and they're prepared for it, you know. So it's it's crazy. No thanks, no thanks. I'm good. Yeah. No, You've I'm established good. you are not one of those people. <laughs> I never, and I never will be. And I'm happily, happily not that. Happily not that. Uh, anyway, but that's not the point of the of our show today. We are counting down. The Isn't top- it? Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, ultimately. On some level. Maybe if one of these movies has a mountain lion in it. But we're doing the top 10 films of uh, 1997. A very strong year for movies, as we said earlier, Matt. Uh, Of course, everyone remembers Titanic won Best Picture. uh, But there were a lot of great movies uh, uh, sprinkled throughout from multiple genres of film that are kind of looked upon now as legacy kind of films or foundational films uh, that, that kind of expanded the genres that they were in, you know, for any number of reasons uh, throughout. Yep. So I'm looking forward to having this discussion, my man. I, there was, there's one that ostensibly is a bad movie, but, but it, I love it. I didn't put it on my list, but I was like, uh-huh. for some reason, this thing has its hooks in me. Oh. And okay. there's, there's so many from 1997. I mean, it just falls apart at certain points and turns into yeah. what it is. Right, right, right. But I still like the overall journey. It's interesting. It's an idea that I've never seen before, at least, uh, you know, don't go into it. It was cool. Right. But 97 has, like you said before, 20, 25, maybe even 30 genuine options. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a list of like 22 that I just started going through on Wikipedia. You can go through the list of everyone that's released yep. and just yep. make a side list. And then 20, yeah. 20, whatever, too. It's like, God, there's so many good choices. So, like I said before, I wanted to spread the love around. Yep, yep, Absolutely. Uh, uh, do you want to tell them how the show works then? We'll jump into this thing. 
Once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top 10 lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Yeah. Uh, All right. So jumping right in. 10 yeah. is wag the dog. Dude, great choice. My 10 as well. Wag Damn. the dog. Yes. It's a, a year where... Uh, there's 15 others on your list and 10-ish, 12-ish on mine that could have yeah. been made. You know, it's like Wag, Wag the Dog is it's a small movie, but it's about, you know, politics and PR spin and bullshit and the corruptness of the system and how they we all could be manipulated done through a comedy. Yep. So it's it's somewhat lighthearted. And then ultimately what happens to Dustin Hoffman at the end, just like this ain't that lighthearted. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, and, um, I would I would argue that De Niro's performance in in this film is maybe the most casually ruthless performance you're ever going to see him play, even in uh, Raging Bull or even in uh, uh, The Godfather Part Two or any of these other films where he's played a villain. He is so casually uh, ruthless that you're just like, oh my god, this person legitimately exists in the world of politics. Yes, that's scary. Hundred percent. And I think I think it's it's more malevolent to you because and the other examples you cited, he is the force of the violence. Right. 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 Whereas in this, he has underlings who knows how many the entire massive government at his beck and call, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And just this all the manipulation. Willie Nelson recording an album that they can fake that's from the Library of Congress. Some like (laughs) 1920s type of old shoe something or other. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, all of it. They, the Woody Harrelson's character being unhinged. Like, of course they picked someone like that because who would sign up to do this? Who could they get? Right, and they right. were hoping for the best and they got the worst. Like, it's over and over and over. It's just a, such a good movie. And hey, she's good in this. I think she's in this. Isn't yep. Billy Bob in this one as well? I think Billy Bob is in this. Or am I missing that? <sighs> maybe not. Maybe not. Let me look it up. I think it's Dennis Leary and Dustin Hoffman, yeah. Robert De Niro, and Hayes. Yeah. I said Woody. Craig T. Nelson. Well, yeah, you? yeah, yeah. John Michael Higgins. Kirsten Dunst is in this thing. Okay. Uh, your boy Harlan Williams from Rocket Man. He's in this thing. Uh, Another '97 gem that I wrote down on my side. <laughs> William H Macy. That's who I was thinking of. Not Billy Bob Thornton. William H Macy. Okay. He's in the film as well. Yeah, yeah. God damn this this cast list is incredible. Holy, it's mackerel. sick. Yeah. It's an it's a you know fun movie. And then you start thinking about it like that's depressing. Yeah. Yes. That's what happens, which is what the whole point of it was. And it's directed by Barry Levinson, uh, who, of course, had done uh, a number of films uh, to in his career, like Rain Man and Bugsy. Uh, so, you know, he understands what he's uh, what he's creating here uh, in this movie. I, I'm just like I was I, oh, I remember it being with these small ones that people were like, well, you know, maybe you like it, maybe you won't. It wasn't going to make that much money. Then you go see if you're a political junkie at yeah. all. Absolutely checks all your boxes. And like you said, Matt, at the end, leaves you a little with a little chill down your spine about how close yeah. to the truth this thing actually is. Well, it's it's the manipulation is all well and good because you can understand yeah. it. It's the collateral damage ultimately because of the manipulation that right. Jesus, this is awful. So it's bad enough you're doing one, and then the plausibility of the second is like that's that that hurts because it's true. Yep. Yep, absolutely uh, agreed, Matt. It's just like the the journalist that released the Panama Papers or did the story on that, I believe was the only one that suffered any bad consequences because I believe she got murdered 
shortly yeah. thereafter. And then uh, I don't recall anybody going to trial or anything like that. Of course not. Like, yeah. Yeah. No. Well, Protect each other. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to pay taxes and her life isn't worth all our collective billions that would be taxed. So let's take her out. And you're like, Jesus, man. Yeah. It's scary. Uh, all right. What's your number nine, man? Uh, my number nine. What if we have a ton in common? I was trying to like go out of the box. I doubt it. I doubt it. I think it was uh, one nine. Of nine is undeniably culturally relevant, which yeah. is Austin Powers. Oh, what the hell, dude? Okay, that's my nine as well. Austin Powers. Wow. International man of mystery. Two for two, baby. Dude, how good is the fat to meat ratio on this sausage? <laughs> it's off the charts. <laughs> I fucking told you we're good at this. Uh, I'm surprised. Yeah. We, this one fought to the, get on the list. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, man. Yeah. We, we open up the top 10 schnitzel. And it's our own little, we hang a sign. We make sausages in day and record at night. Although considering that you can't deal with any animal, I assume you're not going to be butchering these things. No, no, no. I'll promote everything. I'll be up front. I have no problem doing the promotion, doing the marketing, whatever you want to do. I'm not going to be back there cutting things up. No, thanks. That ain't my okay. job. Well, then I don't know if this is going to be a 50-50 partnership. Oh, what the hell? What are you talking about? I, there'll be nothing. Nobody would come in to eat anything if I don't bring people in. You'd be cooking for nobody. That makes no sense. Please, please. If a restaurant is good by word of mouth, it does. It's so long as you have enough saved up early on, you can make it. Because your your cost would be low as a butcher. You just need to get the side of beef, and then it's your time. Potentially, someone else's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think sitting at home sending out a tweet once a week is worth fifty <laughs> percent of if the other person putting up. 12, 14 hour day work days. If you think that's all people do when they're doing marketing and promotion of a thing, you're insane. Uh, Everything. Anyway, so weeks where the other one works 12 to 14 hours a day mm-hmm. for five, six days. And then the other one is not putting in the same type of hours. Oh, it's, it's not. It's about quality, not quantity from last time I checked, but you know, I, well, we won't, we won't agree on this. So let's move on to talk about Austin powers. Go ahead. Uh, culturally relevant. <laughs> I just, it's one of those when you're looking at all these and be like, dude, how huge was Austin Powers when it came out? I know. It's massive, man. Massive. Yeah. And people forget how big this was. And, you know, this is because at the time, it wasn't like SNL guys uh, uh, and ladies were coming out and knocking it out of the park with their own franchises. Only like Ghostbusters and maybe a couple other ones were considered really, really great. And then Mike Myers comes out with this one, and it's so out of left field. And he'd done like British characters. On SNL, yeah. this was so out of left field and such a perfect spoof of James Bond, of those kind of uh, old British spy films. Uh, it was brilliant. It was. It was so much fun. Yeah. And all the little nods to, you know, a lot of vagina. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great send up of all the stupid, punny, sexual innuendo names from all the women in all those Bond films. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I know. It, it's because. Uh, We'd seen him do like his Scottish dad ish in what? So I married an axe murder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That came out before this, and then yeah. did characters like that on SNL. So you knew he could do it, right? Uh, pull it off, but to manage to—it's a spoof, but it's also kind of a love letter to it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a you know it's Roger Moore era on steroids. Yeah, it is absolutely a love letter. I mean, because like he's never tr- he is treated for. Fun and at times he's stupid in his mistakes, but they're earnest mistakes. And so the moments when he has actual vulnerability and he feels terrible uh, about what he said or he feels 
terrible about making the mistake, you actually feel sympathy for him. So it isn't played like he's an idiot. He's just got to kind of have a certain, he's had a certain mentality of how yeah, to operate. Unaware. Yeah. He's unaware. Exactly. And, yeah. uh, but I think Elizabeth, uh, uh, Elizabeth uh, Hurley. Hurley is fantastic uh, in the film as well. And what she does, they, there's a sweetness and a nice chemistry between mm-hmm. them. And so many uh, character actors are all through this that are really fun. I mean, Will Ferrell playing that uh, Turkish assassin is one of the funniest things. I think he's Turkish. Yeah. It was one of the funniest things in the film. He's got a know? fez on. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Assume. I, I, that, that seems about right. Yeah. 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 And the leftover, the, the woman that plays the basically equivalent of a Nazi within, you know, right, 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 right. Zoe Wanamaker, uh, I think is the actress's name. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Green was great as the <laughs> petulant teenage kid that doesn't really think his dad is all that. Right, right. He's been gone this whole time, so it's absentee. Uh, yeah, I just the fembots. Oh, the fembots are brilliant. Yeah, absolutely very funny. Uh, Robert Wagner as the number as number two, number two constantly the number two. The, yeah, who the, does number two work for? <laughs> That's right, number one. Uh, well, just that whole toilet scene. Usually, yeah. those things are so stupid to me, like Blazing Saddles. That one actually works. Tom Arnold be like, you know, get grab hold of something, man. Like, <laughs> Although I don't like the button when he walks around and says, uh, looks in there and says, oh, my God, would you eat? I yeah. think it was funnier if he never has that type of moment. Right. Good point. Good uh, point. To me personally. But uh, anyway. Yeah. It also spoofed a little bit uh, uh, Dr. Strangelove with that whole, like, you know, circle of people around having the conversation about the end of the world and the $1 billion or $1 million and all of that. So uh, Tim Robbins, I think, was the president. Wasn't he laughing at him uh, for play- for saying $1 million? And I believe so you're correct. Yeah. There's a lot of great cameos throughout the movie that are fun to to explore again when you watch it. So if you haven't seen it in a while, it's it's so good. It's so good. Uh, okay. So. Our number eight <laughs> is in and out. Oh, okay. That's all yours. Go ahead, my man. Go ahead. Uh, that uh, was, finally, we have some division here. All right. Yeah. It's, it's, look, there are other movies that are superior. There's also the factor of we've talked about these other ones a lot. Yeah. Yep, and yep. I made a guess as to, I think two of them that I kept off are going to be on your list. So we'll talk about them again, mm-hmm. type of thing. But in and out is a lot of fun. It's, First off, Tom Selleck in a good movie. That's rare. Yeah, right. Unfortunately, but that is rare. And I've always liked Tom Selleck. Even though I didn't grow up with Magnum P.I., there's there's a charm to him. I can there see is. why they want him for Indy. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. He has the swashbuckle. It'd be a completely different movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I can understand why you thought Magnum P.I. had the swagger, having gone back and seen episodes like here and there. It's a little cheesy, it, you know, by today's standards. It is. But those short shorts, man, that takes a certain... <laughs> certain type of bravado to pull off on national television week in, week out. That's the swagger, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it. What are you gonna do? But Kevin Klein, I wish he acted even more than he does mm-hmm. because he's always excellent. And so it's he is a teacher, and this this kid goes off and like almost does he he wins the Oscar. He wins the Oscar, yeah. It's yeah. Matt Dillon, yeah. Oh, that's right. And then outs him. It was in some war movie, and his inspiration was his teacher who was gay and whatnot. Yeah. And He's married to Joan Cusack, and it's like, what the, what? No, that's not true type of thing. Then slowly right. comes to realize that maybe, maybe that is his identity. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a fun movie. I've always had a soft spot for Kevin Klein, and why yeah. not with this year that has so many good movies? It's like, I like In-N-Out. I'm going to put it on my list. It's a fantastic movie, man. It's a great comedy. Um, I, I, the only reason it's not on my list is because I had to limit the amount of comedies in my head as I was going through it. But this one is so damn good. It is sweet. 
It's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joan Cusack's his fiance. They're about to oh, get fiance. married. Right. The whole the, the the marriage, like the whole preparation, it's all happening uh right when he outs him. And this is based on what happened with Tom Hanks. Was when Tom Hanks won the Oscar for Philadelphia, he credited his high school teacher and talked about how his high school teacher uh came out and was gay and was like, and we don't we need to respect our gay brothers. So it was a very powerful, beautiful speech. But the yeah. screenwriter for this film was like, what would happen if the if the teacher had never come out as gay and and the actor just outed them at the oscars so use that as the premise for the movie and it turned into a very sweet movie tom Selleck is good like you said kevin klein great chemistry with them joan cusack is funny as hell throughout the movie the kids that are his kids are very funny yeah the students right debbie debbie reynolds uh-huh. And then and you find out that he's been having like these Barbara Streisand get togethers with guys in there. It's just so funny because it's also a small town. So you have that kind of small town humor about it. Uh, yeah. and so all around, just a very damn good movie. And I think it was Frank Oz who directed this one. Uh, Is I it think, really? I think, I think, I man, think. That dude's had an interesting filmography. To say the least, man, to say the least. Uh, I think it is Frank Oz. Still kind of impressive, you know, starting yep. out as a puppeteer. Yep, yeah. it is Frank Oz. He did direct it. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's quality. All right, so what do you got at eight? Uh, so eight, uh, I have, uh, well, since we're, yeah, since we're jumping out of 10 and 9, you know it was the same. Eight is Copland. Okay, that was a, a, it made my side list. Okay, all right, yeah. Uh, for me, it's one of those films that I go back to and enjoy. It's one of the best performances of Stallone's career. For sure, it's a yeah. it's a hardcore film. It's a it's a brutal film at times. Uh, you got a great cast with Harvey Keitel leading the kind of corrupt cops in this. Kathy Moriarty's in this. Michael Rappaport. Um, so many interesting, and of course, De Niro. De Niro yeah. playing a character you don't normally see De Niro play. He's got kind of the longer hair. He's a bit more of a schlubby guy who's investigating these cops who have been uh, you know kind of involved in this uh, situation, this criminal situation, mm-hmm. and they live across the river in this small town rather than in New York and uh, uh, Stallone and Annabella Shura are like kind of the deputies of that town. And they always seem to get away with stuff because Stallone, who's kind of, I think put on 30 pounds for the role um, and has an ear issue. He always wanted to be a a member of the NYPD, but couldn't quite get there. So they rely on the fact that he respects and idolizes these guys who are able to be NYPD uh, and so he, they try to take advantage of the situation when the when this starts to blow up in his town, this crime. And so, and Ray Liotta's in there as well. This is kind of like whacked out dude who's trying to get him out of the situation, right? Uh, but yeah. it's it's such a damn good movie. And uh, I think it's Mangold who did the movie as well. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry, I mean cut you off. What were you saying? I was gonna say like the people that felt that he was robbed a couple of years ago for not getting nominated for Creed. Yeah, which which, which I can understand, you know. Right. If you're going to fight for a bunch of different people that year, I thought he should have been nominated. What was it? Was it De Niro Keitel from this movie got nominated? Oh, good question. I don't know. Let me take a look real quick. But yeah, that's what I don't... remember about it. Didn't didn't I, it, it was one of the two, the other one. And I remember walking out because I I've only seen it like twice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and I remember liking it, but it's just whatever. You know, time moves on. You don't go back yeah. to see certain movies, I guess. Uh, and there is no get. I guess that is the truth for me, at least. Right. Um. And uh, uh, so that's what I remember about it. Can you find anything on that? Yeah, I don't see anything here in the Wikipedia on it to see if it was nominated or what it was nominated for. So let me just type in Copland Oscars and see if anything comes up. Um, awards for Copland? Uh, no, it wasn't nominated for anything. 
uh, okay. Oscar wise. Um, I thought uh, one of the two of them got it. Okay. Yeah. My, my memory is false. No, no, no worries. Uh, but yeah, yeah, not, not nominated at all. Um, yeah. Uh, Stallone was nominated for, he was nominated for Creed. He just didn't win for Creed in yeah. 2015. So yeah, but not for Copland and nobody, I don't think anybody from Copland was nominated here for anything. So, okay. Uh, but maybe they were pushing them in the press or whatever, you know? Well, still though, he would have been up for a lead in that. Yeah. And that, that to me is if it was more of an ensemble and they were all supporting, I think you right. got a shot then. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. All right, yeah. But but anyway, I, I, it's James Mangold who did Logan. So it's the same director. And so mm-hmm. I think he has a way of telling men's stories or male stories that are that have always appealed to me. I just like the way he kind of explores the kind of underbelly of being a man and the toxicity sometimes that being a man uh, um, can can have and this idea of like brotherhood versus doing the right thing. Like what's the real path that you should be walking as a human being. So all of those themes seem to kind of be part of the movies that he directs. And it was certainly here in this movie as well. You know, you've seen Stallone eventually standing up to them and doing what he needs to do. And of course you get De Niro with that great, I gave you a chance, but you blow it, you blow it. It's all of that kind of stuff, but a very powerful movie for me. That's why I go back to it a lot. Uh, uh, there we go. All right. What's your seven, man? Uh, seven is the full Monty. Oh, nice choice. On my side yeah. list. Go ahead, man. Yeah. Just a fun, small movie. Like, a, you know, it, at that time, like every two years or so, there'd be another good British small comedy type yeah. of thing. So you were, at least I was, kind of on the lookout for, hey, what's, you know, what seems to be that this year? Yeah. Uh, there are other years that there were, they made good ones, but Years like this, or the commitments, or or, or Brast off. Brast off was a good British one, I thought. Brast off. What was Brast off? Ewan McGregor and uh, Tara Fitzgerald. It's the it's this uh, band that has they're they've all lost their jobs in the coal industry because of decisions by Margaret Thatcher. So they have okay. to tour with this band, and they're not sure they have enough money to cover the tour. So they have to decide if they want to still do the tour or not. And they and they uh, the the uh, miner the miners. The owner of the mine sends mm-hmm. in Tara Fitzgerald to be like this um, spy on those guys to see if uh, she's getting in to get some dirt on those guys to help in the negotiations because they they're on strike uh, at the moment. So it's about whether it's about the community or the band or what it represents. So yeah, that was a good one too. Nineties okay. as well. Um, yeah, I can't say that I've seen that one. Oh well, okay, yeah. You and McGregor, young you and McGregor. Yeah, um, so that's what, one to look forward to. Um, <laughs> well, the Englishman that went up the hill and came down the mountain, or whatever that one too. You know, remember that one? That was the nineties. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Um, let's see, The Guard. Do you ever see that? Oh well, yeah, yeah. Gleason and the uh, Cheadle. And Don, Don Cheadle. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And Attack the Block was really good. Yeah. yeah. In but Bruges. more in Bruges, yeah. but that's a little bit higher profile. You know what I mean? Yeah. True, true, true. Whereas Phil Monty. You kind of knew this guy, and you kind of knew this guy, and it was basically just an unknown ensemble-ish cast. And they're all, you know, uh, basically it's a steel town, and the steel factory is closed. So there are, most of them are out of their jobs because of that, and then other ones just because the economy is sagging and yeah. dealing with the day-to-day. So they decided to put on a Chippendales uh, show to raise some money because, you know, everybody owes money and whatnot. And one dude's lying about the fact that he hasn't lost his job to his wife. and. Uh, it's just a lot. It's a heartfelt comedic build 
and it gets to the end and it's a full money of them exposing themselves. We don't thankfully see that. Right. Uh, right. But the, the journey of all the different characters of how they get there, you actually kind of resonate. You can see there's a relationship that develops between two of them. There's the father, the son, his yeah. best friend, and then his friend, like his best friend trying to deal with his own home life issues, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And all the different characters, they just, they built out a very warm and interesting world pretty quickly. And you know, in a year where there's so many choices, why not? We, we've never talked about the full yeah. Monty. Yeah. It's a, a British working class film. Uh, it's fan uh, like Billy Elliot. Same thing. That was one of those ones that came out around that time too. Yeah, it's a fun you know, movie or Train Spotting. Those are those British films that kind of came out and were like, uh, you know, people word of mouth and Full Monty. Certainly, Tom Wilkinson in this thing, Robert Carlyle in this thing, Mark yeah. Addy. So there are a number of British actors uh, that do that are still working. Carlyle still still working. He was in Grimm. Uh, oh. And uh, what's his he's face? one of my favorite good uh, bad well, to me good bad movies, which is Ravenous. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ravenous, right? The I love War. that movie. Yeah, I love it. I saw it in the theater. I saw it a second time in the theater, and then once it started streaming, like years ago, I saw it. I, I, I could watch that tonight. I, for whatever reason, just his mania, yeah. as the game just alights. It's the game is afoot in essence. Oh, you want to talk about mountain lion? Uh, <laughs> That's true. But. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just a fun movie. But yeah, he's great in it. Who's the so is Mark the heavyset guy that went on to yeah. do the CBS that's, sitcom? Okay. Yeah, that's Mark Addy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. He was also yeah. in Night's Tale, if you remember. He's he's yep. uh his his uh, uh what uh, I don't know, his, his yeah, assistant Night's or his got, Night's yeah. Tale's got that that cast crushes. Oh yeah, absolutely for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Well you got Tudic, you got yep. uh, uh Heath Ledger, you yep. got Paul Bettany. Yep. Wow, that is a star-studded, young, up-and-coming, you know, kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. I think Tom isn't Tom Wilkinson in the. Yeah, there he is. Oh, yeah. I was. I, I, yeah. I was. I want to make He's sure. He's a dude I was that's right. married that doesn't tell his wife that he had lost his job. Right, right. The older guy. But one dude. Yeah. One of the great scenes is scenes are when they're all dancing in the unemployment line, like doing their moves, doing their choreographed moves. Oh my yeah. god! When the song comes on, that shit was hilarious. So yeah, you're right. This it was. It's such a fantastic film. Uh, it deserves a lot of love. Wrapping himself in saran wrap to try and lose weight because he does, <laughs> he's got body image issues, but he's still eating something very unhealthy. Yeah, because he's so. depressed about it. Uh, <laughs> see, it, it, it gets comedy and those heartfelt moments, and it just you know, so many movies to choose from. Why not? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's a great choice, man. Uh, so that was your number what se- uh, seven. seven? What's your six? Um, my six is uh, the Fifth Element. Oh yeah, that was a late cut. That was right at the end, man. I had to cut that one. Go ahead. Yeah, we're slowly getting into, okay, then I just seeded to what I feel are the locks of the year. Right, right. I definitely have four locks for sure. Okay. And then the rest is just like, oh, you could tell me that this other one is better than that. Sure, no problem. Um, But Fifth Element, I did not like it at all the first time I saw it. And then it was on repeat in college, and I watched it. It was on Stars for like two and a half years or something ridiculous. And I saw that thing so many times that now I love it. It's Stockholm syndrome to me to the point where I think it's really good. I love all the choices like over time, just as I've spent more and more time with it, that and the professional and the Basan loses me by and large, everything else. Oh, he yeah. does. Okay. Uh, you know, I tried to watch that thousand planets. Couldn't do it. Oh yeah. No, that was terrible. I, I made it. I pushed. Yeah. I pushed for like an hour and 15 and I was, I can't do it anymore. That's just, I don't find these two likable and this weirdest, 
too we the world is too weird yeah. if i don't like one. these two yeah god i got a hair in my mouth um but <laughs> well it's just kept i was talking i was trying to get it couldn't get it finally finally got an update on the hair situation guys <laughs> Somebody will put that in the notes, the show notes. Host finally got the hair out of his mouth. At this uh, time. At this time. Just time check that. Bruce Willis, Chris Tucker, mm-hmm. Gary Oldman, Mila Jovich, probably her best movie to me. Um, I, don't, I like all the choices. I like Tiny Lister as the president. I think that's fantastic. And Oldman plays this weird technocrat that's removed type of thing from reality just lives on this lofty perch makes a faustian bargain and it bites him in the ass and this yeah. malevolent force that's coming only thing defeated is love <laughs> why not that's i mean look i can't conjure up the thing that the green lantern fought in the green lantern this <laughs> nebulous cloud that can yeah. You know, it materialize in front of you and it's pure energy and destroy everything. That doesn't make sense to me. So why couldn't you beat it with just Care Bear stare that son of a bitch to death? That's, that's perfect. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, sure, 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 I, sure. I, it's, can you imagine, though, if that thing was just outside saying hello? And you'd be like, what is oh. uh, this no, nebulous apparition? Hello. It's coming for me. Come give me a hug. Hello. Uh, it, kill it. If it was uh, that thing, you had every right to be scared. So. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, the reason it didn't make the cut on uh, overall is because I think the film kind of falls apart as it gets as it keeps going. For me, it becomes so outlandish and crazy and nuts and out sure. there that I'm just like, I, I can't go on the journey all the way. But I really enjoy Bruce Willis's performance. I think it's the best thing he had done up to that point after Die Hard. Like between Die Hard and this film, uh, I don't think he was as good. And then this film, he really showed up for this one. Like I said, Jovovich is great. I do like Joseph. I do like her in that Joan of Arc movie as well. Although it's not yeah. as good. That's also Luke yeah. Besson. Well, it's not as good. I liked her in that, but I think she's better in this movie for sure. I know. She's more interesting wanted- and charming. Yep. I, I'm sure we both wanted more from the Joan of Arc movie. It oh, wasn't yeah. bad. It wasn't but bad. was like, how do you tell this story? And then they give the length and you see the early kind of uh, uh, trailers and posters and whatnot. Yeah. I thought that they could actually pull it off on some yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. And uh, walked out going, ah, oh, that sucks. And then I she think just you feel does. that way about a lot of Basson films after after Fifth Element. You walk out and you go, ah, there was potential here. Could have yeah. gone. You, you had right. something, but it wasn't my cup of tea, man. Uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. against you making more movies, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Tucker yeah. thing gets on my nerves after a while, and the the, I know. the and Gary I Oldman character, I hate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's just all too so over the top and outlandish. Right, right. And I, the more times I saw it, man, the charm of it all. I love Chris Tucker. Now, when he screams in the final, like that that big shootout, and the it hits me harder now. It hits me more with repeat viewings because I bought into that character so right. you know. Uh, immersively yeah. uh yeah i don't i can't explain it it just yeah. stockholm syndrome is my best guess i'm sure there are a lot of people who are on the, in the same camp as you man who are listening to us so no surprise at all then they watched a lot of stars from uh, 1998 through 2001 ish somewhere in that ballpark stars um all right so that's your six right yes okay so then my number seven is uh hercules the disney film that was such a tough cut, but I knew we yeah. had talked about it before. Okay. All right. Fair. That's the only reason it got cut. Yeah. I, I totally understand. I, I had to put it on. It's it's maybe my favorite. I mean, it's really 1A and 1B with Tarzan. Of that stretch of films from Little Mermaid on, 
I so love strange. those two films a lot. They just speak to me because I'm not I'm not a Beauty and the Beast person. No offense to anybody who loves that movie. It's okay. I'm not a Lion King person. But there's just something about uh, I, something about um, the story here from Hercules' idea, you know, zero to hero and fighting through mm-hmm. all the things. I love that song with Meg. You know, James Woods is funny as Hades. Um, what's it? Uh, Bobcat and uh, Jim. Is it Jim Crewer yeah. who play? Uh, you know, the the, oh, the two. You might be right on that. Yeah, the, the two, two minions. Yeah, the two minions are there. The two um, little demonic presences, whatever they were. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, I like the way. The film plays out. I love the songs. I like having En Vogue as that Greek chorus. So all of it all around. And then Rip Torn as Zeus. It's just great. Um, oh, yeah, even, Danny DeVito. Yeah, Danny DeVito. Right, right, as right. The Seder. Yeah. Oh, it, trust me, it was tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Hades is one of the best Disney characters of all time. They of wrote time. so perfectly for it. Yep. James Woods, somehow for the first time, maybe it's because we're not looking at him. He's got yeah. charm. It does. Why? Why did he go off the deep end? Why? I mean, I, I, he's so fun in so many films. It's yeah, but he's also, he plays the dick so he effortlessly. Does. He does. He does. He so to pull that away, you could hear the charm. You could hear the sarcasm. Yeah. You could hear the intellect. <laughs> and it fits so perfectly for Hades. It's it's one of the best Disney characters of all time. It was trust me. Yeah. I. I knew you loved the movie, so we'd be talking about it, and it'll make the final list because you put it high enough. And if it doesn't, maybe we squeeze it in. I'm perfectly fine with this one. Yeah, I mean, ninety-seven was good, man. I know ninety-seven was a good, strong year. Was like the Mahara, Mahara. It's just great, great stuff. Um, And then uh, one last, who's who else was? Oh yeah, Paul Schaefer as as Hermes. That Uh, was hilarious having him pop in. So all of it, just just a very good, well done film with good songs in it and a good message about like you know, no matter where you come from or even if you're considered, you know, uh, lesser than or whatever, or mm-hmm. uh, a half breed, you can find your way to success if you follow yeah. your heart. So I, I just thought it was brilliant for that as well. Um, all right. So my number six then is the massive best picture winner, Titanic. It is six for me. Is it on your list or not? No, it is not. Okay. I had a feeling. Uh, I had to put this on this list. I mean, just because of how I remember the film and watching it and enjoying it. And even now, whenever I would catch it, I still enjoy it. The script is even worse now in retrospect in 2020 or 2019. (laughs) Yeah. Some of those moments you're like, Ooh, but overall the spectacle of the film deserves its place, at least on my top 10 deserves its place there because uh, I mean, you know, nine tenths of a ship building nine tenths of the size of Titanic shooting on it, doing all the incredible things he did cinematography wise score wise uh, uh um direction wise acting wise for the most part it's really good just some of the dialogue is clunky as hell it's tough to navigate but it still has a good message once again this idea that you know you don't have to be under anyone's thumb to be successful and i think in 2020 you see that again a woman who breaks away from a terrible relationship with this man who wants to control her so that she can build her own life and uh I know a lot of people joke about the fact that, you know, she didn't make enough room for Jack, but you don't want Jack to live by the end. Jack should die by the end. It's a good tragedy. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why it's on my list. Anything, anything, I should, anything you could say, Matt, on this one? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it deserves to be on this list. Yeah. It does, it has flat to. out. It, it, on some, it has to. It's, it's effing Titanic. Yeah. It's just, it was never my cup of tea, but th- there's no way you can say, if, if I'm going to honor Austin Powers being a cultural juggernaut, this thing crushed Austin Powers' throat, and Austin Powers was huge. Yeah, true. It was I mean, you huge. Heard, you heard Yeah Baby for the next, like, three years, four years. 
as a punchline, like the asshole that's not funny that uses that as their punchline for everything they do because they're not creative enough to come up with something on their own. Eight year four. It's like the what's up guys doing it 18 months after oh. those commercials stopped airing. And you're like, yeah. this is, unless you're doing this ironically, this is sad. Yeah, you got to stop. You got to stop. You do. Yeah. You do. It was a moment in time. For sure. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break as we go into our top fives uh, to listen to uh, our sponsors on the podcast feed. For those of you watching us on YouTube, this should be a quick little break and then we'll jump right on back in uh, to the show. All right. And we're back uh, with our top fives. Matt, please uh, start us off. Uh, at number five, and thanks to our sponsors for supporting the show, Absolutely. I have Gross Point Blank. Oh, great choice, man. So hard to cut that off the list. So it's, hard for me. Love that choice. It's rewatchability is why it lands. I've seen it a lot of times and I have zero problem with if it's on, I'm happy to watch it because yep. it's pure John Cusack pulling off the action when he has to, but then also, you know, dealing with his therapist, Alan Arkin. Yeah. Calling him when he eventually so fed up because he can't, he's, he's afraid for his life and he shouldn't be a therapist for a hitman. He's ultimately, you know, a mercenary serial killer. And just how, but it's done to such great comedic effect when he goes to the gas station and just like, you can never go home. You could just this neurotic dude. And and you're playing both of these so well that eventually when that German or Austrian dude comes in and makes, puts a bomb in the microwave or whatnot, and he figures out what's going on and the kid is oblivious at first and he has to save him because the place explodes. It's just, he switches from that neurotic to, oh shit, I got a job to do and pulls it off. It's like when you see Liam Neeson in Taken, you're like, holy shit, Liam Neeson can do action. Like John, John Cusack is, I fully believe he's an assassin. That's crazy. What, this is what, what has he done before this that's to justify his ability to pull it off? Nothing. Yeah, great point. Yeah, not really much. Yeah, say anything doesn't look like you can pull it like a be an assassin yeah. or anything like that. But a lot of people say that it's a sequel to say anything. A lot of people say that like that character uh, goes off, like sh- they do end up breaking up him and uh, Ioni Sky or whatever. Uh, and he goes off on his own and go joins the military because it because throughout the movie he talks about how he's like doesn't want to be part of a system that after high school he realized like you know being part of anything he'd have to eventually be part of some kind of uh, uh, draconian system and and keep people down and hurt people and blah 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 so he's like I thought I'd just go in and do this because I, I didn't have a way of connecting to human beings um, but he's fantastic in the movie Mini Driver is really good in the movie uh, as well. Um, What's his uh, name? The the dad from Dharma and Greg. Yeah, yeah. He's Mini Driver's dad. Yeah, was the villain uh, in the uh, Dan Aykroyd, obviously. Joan yeah. Cusack. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jeremy Piven is funny as well as his friend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, throughout, and this idea, and also this idea of going back to high school, right? This was the late late '90s, so uh, uh, the people from the '80s were going back to their high school reunions. Of Ten years, Romeo and Michelle's around this time as well. So this idea of going back to your high school reunion was the predominant. Um, uh, a thing going on for a lot of people who are spending money at the movies this 10 year yeah. uh, anniversary so it kind of hit that uh, uh, vibe as well but overall he's having this narrative with himself and you're right it's very fun and a great score great 80s alternative score uh, to enjoy as well so all of that and, and so many people who've watched this movie if you've gone to your 10 year high school reunion or 20 year you understand a lot of what's happening in this movie for sure yeah I, I haven't gone to a reunion so really I did an impromptu one well it just my parents don't live in the same town anymore and most of my friends have moved away from it so 
very few times. Like that that wedding that I told you about before, yeah. earlier. I really want to go because it's all my high school friends, and some of them I haven't seen in like eight years, ten oh, years. Wow. Um, so it's like, God, I'd love to see you. I haven't seen you forever. So yeah, I, I, I totally get, there could be some awkwardness if you went down and just plopped yourself in the random mix of assortment of all the people that you yeah. went to high school with. I love that he runs into his teacher and they have a nice <laughs> back and forth. And she's like, I don't know. I thought you joined a cult type of thing. Like, and he's talking to her about the, what you brought up before his, his distance from society at large, he just kind of joined this other thing, type of, but he's spinning it as a joke. He keeps telling people like I'm a hired uh, yeah. killer type of thing. They're like, all right, this guy. Nobody wants to believe me. He's yeah, always questioning the pillars of society consistently throughout the movie. As kind of almost, he's almost live tweeting his experiences going back, having this, this kind of outer in, in, internal dialogue. Right, it's just out there, and he's having these conversations with himself, with uh, his sister, with Joan Cusack in the movie, with his with therapist, uh, even with Minnie Driver at times, having this conversation with himself. But I think this is the most fully realized, perfect John Cusack movie you're ever going to see. If you ever want to understand why John Cusack was a star for for the time that he was a star, watch Gross Point Blank. It is the most fully realized John Cusack performance you're ever going to see. I think. Well, I think some people would. Uh, beg to differ, and they'd go with, uh, "Oh man, why am I blanking?" A uh, record shop owner. Oh, high uh, fidelity. High fidelity. Thank you. It was I was literally going through the entire cast. Like, <laughs> Stinking name of this. Um, I never one of the many re- love that movie as much as they do, but yeah, all right. Yeah, but I know some people that that is their all time favorite. Oh. There's the the realization of all his potential uh, yeah. right there. Um, yeah. For me, that's uh, Jim Belushi and what is it? The principal? I think that's the best Jim Belushi ever got for me. Good, good one, man. Yeah, I remember that. Him and Louis Gossett yeah. Jr. Principal. Damn, that's a good one. That was his apex, and then after that, it just like never again. Just <laughs> nothing you do. Well, was Mister Base not Mister Baseball, but the one where he can change his future? Is it Mister Destiny? Destiny. Mr. Destiny. Yeah, I like that one too. Him and Ray but, Russo in that one. Yeah, I. Prefer, I think the principal is better. All right. I like the principal too. I remember seeing that in a the theater, man. Um, all right. So then my number five uh, is Air Force One. All right. That was one I knew was going to make your list. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked we, about it. It's come up yeah. on like numerous shows. And I was like, you, you know, guys, get it. I, we've talked about it enough. Yeah. So what's your four? Exactly. He's badass. Uh, Gary Oldman's badass. It's all on a plane, which is badass. The whole thing. Totally. We've talked about it. That's why it's come up so many times. I was like, I'm going to keep it off because I'm assuming you're going to put it on. Yeah. And even if yeah. we both don't have it, then we can talk about the fact that maybe we kept it off secretly for the same reason. <laughs> I thought about it, man, but I was like, no, no, this has to make it. So totally right, it does. Yeah, it's so good. What's your four? It's deserving. Yeah, uh, totally. Four is goodwill hunting. Oh, that's a slight punt. Just a slight punt. Okay. Uh, so then my four is boogie nights. All right. That is a punt. <laughs> here come the locks of the year these were the there four locks of the year just like i can't deny right. these four let's see if we've got the same three what's your number three three i'm, I'm guessing we don't la confidential uh that's a punt yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what is yours my three is donnie brasco all right that's my number two so we have all the same top four it's just a varying <laughs> okay where we're placing them I love it. All right, yeah, Donnie Brasco. Watched it again the other night. Not the whole thing, but like the last so hour. Good. Dude, the performance. So look, I know people, Johnny Depp, and everyone's going to have their issues about Johnny Depp right now, but I 
I just love to go back and watch him, man. And he's so good in this movie. So fantastic. Uh, Pacino's heartbreaking in this movie. Uh, the story is great. Uh, uh, Michael Madsen. Um, yeah, who else is in this thing? All these other people that are part of the, 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 the uh, Italian crew, all the things that are doing down there. And just seeing Pacino be like a schlub of the crew, that was so yeah. weird to watch. He's so used to commanding everybody around him. It was just weird to watch that situation develop. But this like. Yeah, old lefty, old left, yeah. Lefty, left. And, oh. and, and Haitian, this one as well. So there's a lot yeah. about this movie that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, Michael Madsen as, uh, he's Sonny, what, Red? And then Sonny Black. No, he's Sonny Black. Sonny Red is the one that they kill. Yeah. And then what's his name? Gets a double tap to the back of the head because he's a rat. Because don't you say his fucking name because he's a rat because right. Sonny Black said he's a rat and that's all that matters and that's what happens in this life. But they see each other. He's, he's doing a little side coke deal whereas Depp is walking out of hanging out with his FBI buddies. The scene with, with Tim Blake Nelson and Giamatti. Forget about it. Forget oh about it. That's right. That's right, Giamatti. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, three yeah. amazing actors. You have Giamatti and Tim Blake Nelson who were both awesome doing the smallest and tiniest <laughs> parts in this. Yeah. It's they awesome. Do. They don't even have names. I'm looking at the cast list. They're no. both called FBI technician. That's it. Yeah. They don't even have names. Yeah. That's yeah. But didn't, it, it was perfect to bring them because it, it made you like when he's talking about it, you know, sometimes it just means forget about it. And he's so fully embraced that life when he turns on the other FBI agent, they, yeah. you know, you make oh, yeah. me look like a Stugatz or whatever he says to him. It's not a Stugatz, but uh, you know, making fun of him. King's court and all this jazz. Uh, yeah. That movie is, it's fantastic to me. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah. James Russo, Bruno Kirby, Michael Madsen. That's the, uh, that's the Italian crew for the most part. Yeah. Sonny Red's the old guy they kill. And Sonny okay, Black. So Sonny Black. Yeah, Mike Madsen. Yeah. Mike Madsen, Sonny Black. Uh, but yeah, it's, and it's, it, and it came out in a time, Matt, when like, you know, the gangster films were like, people were loving gangster movies, but this mm-hmm. film and Mad Dog and Glory are two of these kind of gangster films, but anti gangster films. You know what? They're like exposing yeah, the, the sad reality. Yeah, sad reality, right? Like kind of the other Goodfellas. That sad reality of what this life really is. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what could happen? Oh. Yeah. When Lefty, they exchange uh, Christmas cards. Oh, yeah. So Depp is kind of forced to stay with him because his cover is that he's an orphan. Yeah. And Left is like, no, stay, Donnie. Like, you got nowhere to go. Where are you going to? He's just trying to make up some excuse to get out there to go spend with his real family. Yeah. But they exchange cards at the end. And, uh, you know, there's a big wad of cash in each. And they're like, they're both like, oh, so generous, you know, type of thing. And left is like, hey, Donnie, uh, c- 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 borrow a couple of fuzzles you know, just for the time being to hold me over. And Donnie's like, sure, of course. And he starts like patting around for it. And he already knows where it is. He's like, I, I think it's right here. And he reaches into his inside coat pocket and pulls it out and just pulls the money back out and gives back the card. It's just. Look, there's going to be guys down on their luck. They're breaking yeah. those meters because they yeah. got they've got a quota to meet. It's a business on some level, after right. all. But still, but still going through the plastic rituals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that movie's so good. It is. It's goddamn good. Um. All right. So then, where do we go next? Uh, your two. So my two is good with hunting, which is the kick, uh, the punt from earlier. My four. Yeah. yeah. Four. I, I. I. No lie. Again, watched about 15 minutes of it this morning, right around the, the park bench scene. Everything around the park bench scene and then up to Affleck's like, you know, it's the, the best part of my days, you know, hoping that you're not there, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. 
those scenes still do wonders for me. The film still moves me. Gus Van Sant did a great job directing this thing. The score is fantastic. Uh, it's one of those Boston films that makes you fall in love with the city. Um, and Damon is – this is Damon before Damon becomes, you know, massively big and Affleck too. And yeah. All of that, and this is Robin Williams. I mean, it's still heartbreaking to watch Robin Williams in this movie now. Even, sorry, it's even more heartbreaking to watch Robin Williams in this movie now because of you know what he did and uh, us losing him and um, you know mm-hmm. seeing the talent of this guy that was so incredible all over the place. The work he could do that was stellar in drama or comedy or you know heartfelt moments or anything like that, like the like Awakenings or Aladdin, uh, all the yeah. stuff through the nineties, even Hook to a degree. But seeing him in this was just so great you know as the older guys the hairier guys got the beard he's broken from the loss of his wife like all of this playing into this interaction with him and damon uh, it's a fantastic script and it's great to watch over and over and over again it's just one that i love man i love it uh for so many reasons just i saw it at the right time and where i was growing up and it sure. just has always stayed with me for that so yeah yeah that's why it was a lock of the year mm-hmm. it's like goodwill hunting is pitch perfect yeah. through and through uh everybody is so well written. The story has such a nice, simple, beautiful arc. Like it's, yeah. for their first real project together. Yeah, between right. Damon and Affleck, it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so kudos, and they've steadily worked ever since. Not many drivers so much. <sighs> um, she had, I mean, ninety-seven. This gross point play. Like, she was in the mix for a while, and then yeah. she did that one TV show. I don't know if it's still going. I think it's on ABC. It was for a while. Yeah. I mean, she she really like she worked a lot going into the '90s, right? She's in Goldeneye. Yeah. She has a small part in Goldeneye. She's in Big Night. She's in Sleepers. Then it's Gross Point Blank. She does the voiceover in English for Princess Mononoke, Goodwill Hunting, and then she starts to fall off because she does Hard Rain, The Governess, and yeah. Ideal Husband. Comes back a little bit with Tarzan, uh, but then starts to fall high heels and low lives and uh, Hope Springs, Ella, and then Ella Enchanted a little bit. But yeah, uh, she the, the show, yeah. The Richie, The Riches, that's the show that she did that a lot of people liked way back when. But the most, yeah, her and Eddie uh, Izzard. Yeah. Um, and then About a Boy. And then Speechless is the one I think you're talking speechless, about. Speechless, yes. Yeah, where she's the mom of the kid who has a, um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, she, is it a speech impediment or is Never it? Never seen a, it. I, I just remember the billboards when it was coming out. I was like, oh, Mini Driver. Yeah. Well, okay. I hope it's good for you, you know. Oh, she has a special uh, needs teen. That's what it is. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. yeah I remember the so, kid in a wheelchair. Yeah. Right, right. In the billboard, but who knows? Never saw it, so I don't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, still working. Just, you've got Williams, and this cemented him getting the Oscar. Oh, he yeah. was long since cemented. I'm just saying, to get an Oscar to add that to his resume type of thing. Yep. Yeah, uh, but the announcement on some level to most people of damon and affleck yeah you know retainer <laughs> your situation would be you know much better concurrently vis-a-vis well, and, 200 dollars. Yeah. i mean casey affleck is good in the movie in the small scenes that he has sure. uh, uh cole hauser is really good in the movie and so i mean there's just it's just full of rich characters that uh, feel very lived in and great moments. I mean, how you like them apples. That's such a great, great moment uh, in yeah. any film, you know, and, um, the, and it's kind of heartbreaking uh, near the end. Some of the things he, 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 you know, chooses to do and then what he has to discover about himself to try to repair those things. It's just really a powerful film uh, that still resonates. I think it still resonates, man. You know, so many people still go through that experience 
uh, in their lives, generation to generation, man. Um, cool. So, lock of the year. That was your two? That's my two. So, What's my your one two? is your punt from before, Boogie Nights. Uh, okay. All right. And that was your what? That was my four. Um, yeah, it's just, this was the no-brainer to me. I watched this. I've seen this movie more than any others. I, th- I think it's the most interestingly quotable. It's still relevant. The characters still feel as fresh and new today to me than they did as they did then. Um, it's it created my love for one of my favorite directors now and see everything that P.T. Anderson does. And, you know, I, I know that I drink the Kool-Aid unabashedly. Like, I like movies that most people think are good much better just because it's from him. And I find it interesting. And I'm already, I'm already, I'm pre-sold before you come in, unless you yeah. really screw up, but he hasn't done that. So I have, I find a way to love, Everything he does, and I'm not lying. It's just one of those of really you don't enjoy like in the master. Yes, nothing really happens, but that's the point. Like you're just trying to tell a vignette of this, and if you don't buy into the conceit, just like Phantom uh, Thread, okay, yeah. it's going to be dull and uninteresting. But it's just like ah, it's a sliver in time. I like those movies. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So the, Boogie Nights, just the whole progression. The, I mean, to see such good actors be bad actors. <laughs> yeah. Over and over and over. Like John C. Riley, when his scenes, he is so to him and Wahlberg are so terrible. It is amazing to watch. Cause then they just turn it off again and they go right back to, oh, I gotta play this character type of thing. Right, right. Oh I, I, it just it sings. It's a wide ensemble cast. Uh you have those two. You've got uh Don Cheadle and Philip Seymour Hoffman, Luis yeah. Guzman, um, Burt Reynolds bringing Burt back. Uh, Heather Graham. Um, Graham's great. Oh, shoot. Uh, 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 Julianne Moore. Moore. Uh, so good as well. I know, um, just top to bottom. Yeah, agreed. It's such a great um, script. Thomas Jane as well. You know, Alfred yeah. Molina. You know, the, Alfred the, Molina. The, 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 so, so creepy. There's so many crazy stories that happen in this movie. And it's not like, it's not like a, it's almost reminiscent of Pulp Fiction, except it's, it's told in order. It's still uh, interesting that you're going into these almost mini vignettes or mini sections of the movie. You know, there's the beginning yeah, where he's kind of. kind of establishing himself. Then you have this, uh, you know, section where he's kind of cocky and arrogant and, uh, you know, enjoying everything. And then he kind of goes in this cocaine section where he's doing nutty things and doing those, doing those songs in the studio and all this. And oh. then just fucking the bottom rung where he's in that truck. Uh, and he's just going to, you know, uh, give a blow job for money and what, what happens to him there. And then having to crawl back, uh, to, to Burt Reynolds's character and ask to be back in, into the situation. And so all of that, and then everyone else is going through their shit too. Don Cheadle's going through stuff like what happens at the yeah. donut shop, Julianne Moore fighting for her child, Heather Graham, who just wants to, you know, who's just kind of free spirit. And then one of her high school people show up who she, that's what she was running away from. So exactly. she, you thought, you thought in your head, like she was just this sweet, innocent little girl. But the truth is she had damage from back then and seeing something come back from back then to kind of mess up this world she had constructed for herself really messed her up uh, emotionally as well. So all of it throughout, it's just rich characters, great dialogue, fantastic direction from PTA. Uh, And yeah, it's fun to watch. And uh, even some actual porn stars. Yeah. Like there, there are certain moments which should be demeaning to the character. Yeah. Um, in that, like when he's dancing Wahlberg and he's like, oh, it's real. 
But you like my shirt? Oh yeah, it's real imported Italian polyester. And you're like, that doesn't make a yeah. lot of fucking sense. But it's technically a joke about him, but it's yeah. more, it's just honest and believable. So you can laugh without laughing at him. Yes. Yeah, at least I could just laugh at his naivete and whatnot. And he's, you know, he's, he, he left, he dropped out of high school and ran away from home because it wasn't, wasn't a good situation for him. For him. Right. So he's just trying to act like he's been here before, this young, you know, brash-ish kid yeah. who's still a little bit meek. Yeah. Um, you know, showing off his stuff to Julianne Moore's character, but then later on when Philip Seymour Hoffman tries to emulate him and then makes a pass, that uncomfortable, stupid, stupid that goes on for way too long. Uh, but yet, I think it's the perfect amount of time. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Great. Yeah, so it's my favorite of the year. All right. So your number one is an excellent choice. LA Confidential. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, it just speaks volumes to who I am as a person. That's just the movie that, that sings to me, you know, uh, in my mind, sometimes I'm the guy Pier- Pierce character, but mostly I'm the Russell Crowe character. So it's a good combo of both the, the intellect and the primal beast, you know, but the intellect guy can be tough when he needs to be. The primal beast can be smart when he needs to be. So I love watching these two guys navigate this world that Curtis Hansen directs throughout the movie. Uh, uh, you know, Kim Basinger is fantastic. David Strathern, uh, James Cromwell, Danny DeVito again, another another film for him in 1997. Yeah, uh, yeah right. So, so many good things are happening throughout this movie. Kevin Spacey, even in the character that he plays, what happens to him, you know, Rolo Tomasi, all of that. And it, and this film still holds up, man. You can watch it right yeah. now and still enjoy the noir aspect of the film or the old school, rather the old school, like kind of uh, 1940s, 1950s uh, crime aspect of the movie uh, that's so well done here. Um, oh, yeah. And and it can be quite brutal. It's hard to watch, you know, and Russell, uh, you know, slaps around Kim Basie. That's hard to watch. Uh, but in the world that they've created, it makes sense. Not that I'm excusing it. It just makes sense. So you go yeah. along with these characters uh, as they as they do the things that they're doing, you know. And, you know, to make it the police that are the corrupt mob mm. in Los Angeles was true. What a topical thing. Somewhat. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, true. Well, yes. But it's also historically somewhat accurate to yes. the time in Los Angeles than when they're setting it because the organized True. crime didn't have much of an influence. They got railroaded by cops in this town, so you have to assume if the cops have that much power, then there's going to be some corrupt cops because you know, you get the payoff for this, turning a blind eye to this speakeasy or this massage parlor or this whatever the case is. Right. Uh, and it's harder to, to check up on people back in those days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's LA. Look, there were four locks. On this list. I just watched the other two more than I watched L.A. County. There's yeah. no knock on L.A. County. It literally is a rewatchability at this point. They're all for all-timers to me. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. Fantastic films. Uh, all right. Well, there's our separate uh, lists of the top 10 films of 1997. Let's uh, put these mm-hmm. uh, put this list together and give you the official top 10 list of 1997 movies. I'm going to bring down the, uh, the bongos here. <clears throat> warming up a little bit. All right. All right. So probably goes L.A. Boogie, Donnie, Goodwill. Okay. Or I think that's the way it breaks down. All right. Yeah. Do this all one-handed, but I'm pulling it off, baby. I like it. I am no 100. All right. So the first four are done. Yep. All right. We do have Austin Powers and Wag the Dog in common. 
but that's lower on the list. Yeah. Okay. Your next highest is your five of yep. uh, Air Force One. Correct. What's your next highest? All right, Air Force One. Okay. Because uh, I have my five too, and it's gross point blank. So right after Air Force One, gross. Yeah. Okay. But I think overall, Air Force One is held in higher regard. Fair point. Or it would make it would be more of a consensus pick uh, than Gross yeah. Point. Anyway, so after that, do mm. you want to do Austin at seven? Right, and then Titanic under that. What is Titanic? My six. I got my six as well. Okay. So take fifth element here. You get Titanic, and we close oh. with Wag the Dog. No. Oh, right, right. Yes, yes. So wait, Austin is nine. So what? what so we're gonna Austin do Austin is seven. Okay. Fifth Element, eight, Titanic, nine, Wag the Dog, ten. Well, Titanic was my six. So was uh, the Fifth Element for me. All right. So because you consider an Air Force One, yeah. we'll put Fifth above and then Titanic and then Austin Wag Powers the and then Wag the Dog. Austin Powers is already on. It goes seven, Austin, eight, Fifth Element, nine, Titanic, ten, Wag the Dog. Why is Titanic nine? Because Austin, we have in common, so that gets higher placement. You just uh, Air Force just trumped my list for gross point blank. I seeded that, so Fifth Element over Titanic. Right. So you when, all right. So oh, I wait. So is Austin Powers? We both have six. Right. Right. My and, point is this: Austin Powers and Wag the Dog are both our nine and tens, right? Yes. So that's oh, nine and ten on the list, right? Sure. Okay. Right, because I mean, if the, if we both have our sixes, then logically, that would be the seven and eight on the list. Yeah, I just bumped Austin up since it was a commonality, and you know we normally favor commonalities; they get higher placement. Putting one at least up higher, and it doesn't matter. Okay, sure, I'll bump everything up, move Austin down, good to go. Yeah, cool. All right, all right, uh, let's do it. Uh, all right, the top ten, <clears throat> the top ten films of nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. At number 10. Wag the dog. At number nine. Austin Powers. At number eight. Titanic. At number seven. The Fifth Element. At number six. Gross Point Blank. At number five. Air Force One. At number four. Goodwill Hunting. At number three. Donnie Brasco. In the deuce spot. Boogie Nights. And our number one film of 1997 is... L.A. Confidential. Uh, All right, well, we hope you enjoyed listening to us break Mm -hmm. down these uh, films of 1997. Certainly, Matt uh, threw in some interesting ones that we haven't spoken about before, so maybe if some of you haven't seen those movies... Do yourselves a favor and do so, and maybe revisit some of the great ones that are on both of our lists as well. A lot of it's it was very rich move uh, time for a very rich year for movies. Matt, you want to throw in some of your honorable mentions? We got a little yeah. bit of time. Yeah, how we not like waiting for Guffman? Yep. Uh, Private Parts, Liar, Liar. I've got Hercules down. Men in Black, uh, Conspiracy Theory. Mm. Oh, Event Horizon was the one that 
Look, it's a bad movie, but for some reason, it's got its hooks in me. That movie is fucked up, but yeah. I, I thoroughly like it. Uh, Amistad, I like as good as it gets. Absolute Power and Princess Mononoke. Oh, Mononoke's a great choice, bro. Mon- I love Mononoke. It was, if it was Spirited Away, there's more than likely it makes my list. Gotcha. Yeah, I have Amistad, uh, Anastasia, Men in Black, The Boxer, one of my favorite Daniel Day-Lewis movies that no oh, one talks about. Okay. I must have missed uh, that one. Chasing Amy, eh. uh, Con Air, uh, nope. uh, <laughs> Fifth Element, uh, G.I. Jane, The Game, uh, that Fincher film. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have Gross Point. I do have In-N-Out. Jackie Brown is another one. I just don't love it as much as the other Tarantino movies, so no. I don't put it in the same mix. Liar, liar, like you. The Rainmaker. I thought The Rainmaker is damn good. Matt yeah, Damon good. movie. Yeah. The Spanish Prisoner, fantastic mammoth film with Steve Martin. Uh, okay. waiting for Guffman as well, like with you. So there we go. That those are my honorable mentions for 1997. Is oh, and Men in Black, of course, which I I had to cut. I just I just don't go back and see it a lot. I don't. I, I it's cute, but I don't yeah. revere it I, as I, much I, as other people. Yeah, it just it, it sparked its own franchise, which is tough to do, and could easily come back. Like I I wanted Men in Black International to be a success, but I think the two of those the two of them have such great chemistry. If they want to try it again, I'm all for it, and I will buy a ticket. Me too. Absolutely. Uh, agreed. But yeah, no, there's tons of movies. It's a good year, and yeah. it's nice, you know, that that we the randomizer picked '97. Yeah, uh, happy to go back and talk about all kinds of different movies that we haven't talked about before, and Absolutely. that's it. So to those that are part of a new show, which is uh, titled uh, <laughs> "The Golden Ticket," baby. The golden Ticket, yeah. And that was from Tim Berg is the one that suggested that as a name. So thank you, Tim Berg. And Chris Lemke put up the post on Facebook and an email to suggestions and all that. Numerous other people did too. But uh, Tim Berg, that was the one we both uh, thought was apropos. And we liked it. So that we're working on all the scheduling and whatnot and basically forming the shows right now. So uh, if you haven't gotten the email for whatever reason, I don't know how that's possible, but if you haven't, please email us at uh, top 10 podcast at Gmail, but, Everybody's checked in pretty much. I think we didn't get any bounce backs when we sent it out. So we went to all valid addresses. <laughs> According to us, all valid addresses. Yeah. According Yo. to Gmail, nothing bounced back. So <laughs> these exist in the ether somewhere. Uh, but please email us, top 10 podcast at Gmail, all spelled out, and we'll reach out. But uh, yeah, we're going to, we are looking forward to this. It should be a lot of fun. We've both been talking about it uh, between the two of us. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as we think you will. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, the machinations are in motion, so it'll be fun. And you know what? We're going to figure out how to make a new show here that's interactive, and I'm sure there'll be some stumbles and some starts, but overall, we rarely miss on things we uh, take a chance on to create here on the show. So uh, you all should definitely be looking forward to see how Golden Ticket comes out, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun, uh, and it's going to be a lot of matches, so it's going to be a blast, and uh, maybe that'll yeah. encourage some of you all. Oh, it's a, it's a big pool. Yeah, it's a big pool. So maybe some of y'all who are on the fence about it, about joining the Patreon, maybe we'll be inspired to join the Patreon for the next round of things that we do just like this down the road. So Yes. Yes, we're trying to create more of these interactive things where you can participate in the show, and uh, we're happy to give back because, you know, we're sitting at home yeah. enjoying ourselves. Absolutely. And so many of you signed up that we're going to have, you know, this show's this is going to be basically a March Madness-style <laughs> bracket. That we goes that many people. March. It goes way yeah. past March. Yeah, way yeah. past March. Well, we got to coordinate all the schedules and, you know, yeah. uh, it'll happen and it's yeah. coming and we're working on it. And thankfully we have so many different people helping us with this show week in, week out. We can't, we can't thank you all enough. Absolutely. Uh, 
So uh, that's it for me this week. You can find me at Matt Nost anywhere online. And I hope you guys are staying safe out there. You're healthy. You're happy. And uh, things are going well. And that is it for me this week. Absolutely. You can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. Also, please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching us on the YouTube channel for the top 10. Don't forget to subscribe. You know, the more we build up, the more people subscribing, we can start turning this thing into a monetary thing as well for us. But also you can find my me uh, my other content on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash John Roca Says. Uh, go get involved there and see all the multiple type of content that we have, the wide variety of things we have over there as well. And if you want to jump on Twitch, you can follow me, The Outlaw Nation, all one word, one together, lowercase. Go and find me there as well. You'll see the logo. You'll know. Um, other than that, I think we're good, Matt. Thank you so much for watching us or listening to us. Don't forget to share this uh, video or share the podcast as well with everyone you know. You know, Just because we haven't asked for it for a bit doesn't mean you, you shouldn't still be doing it, sharing it. If you guys enjoy the show so much and you're having a great time and we're picking up your Tuesdays, as so many of you are telling us, Pass on this joy to other people as well. Can't have too many people in the top 10 family for sure. So please remember to like and share this video and comment below if you want uh, and give us some likes all over the place for this stuff that we do. So take care of yourselves. As Matt said, be well, be healthy, be safe, wear a mask, and we'll talk to you next time on the Top 10 Show. Ooh.